What's up, everybody? Welcome to the very first episode of Graveyard Gamer. I am the Graveyard Gamer. You can find me on PlayStation as Logan Phoenix, and I'm here to introduce you to my show, Graveyard Gamer. This is a show for the gaming people like myself who find yourself gaming in those small crack of dawn hours or those late, late nights while the rest of the world is sleeping and you're pulling the graveyard shift of gaming. That's what it's all about. I myself am a guy that sometimes when you're going to hear me talk about a game, I might be going way back in the old backlog to play a game because it's sat there that long. Because no matter how good game looks and no matter how fun the game is you're playing, there's always something new coming out, right? So something's going to get pushed to the back. And that's what this show's about. Enjoying gaming, whether it's brand new game that just came out today or it's an older game. Nothing's off limits what we're going to talk about. And then this show is also going to be talking about different topics, man. We're going to have list that we want to talk about we're going to bring up older games really it's just going to be a podcast for the typical gamer that just wants to hear some gaming stuff at the end of the episode i'll drop out the show's email i'll drop the twitter link hit us up follow us and let's keep going man let's make this interactive so let's jump in to the very first episode of graveyard gamer so guys as i sat here and i thought about this first episode and i thought what should the theme of the first episode so be what should i talk about and it hit me the show's about a graveyard right what hangs out in the graveyard at least in my mind zombies so i thought what if i just go through a list of all the best zombie games and then i said you know what that could be cool that could be cool and something worth coming back to later but you know what else would be cool what if i drop not one but two reviews for the two zombie games that i have played this year Days Gone, I know, it's not zombies, it's freakers, and Resident Evil 2. So with Days Gone, we have a game that has a lot of really good going for it. And then we have a game that has some performance issues that at times have gotten into some people's enjoyment of the game. Personally though, it didn't affect me in the way it affected a lot of people. Now let's break out Days Gone into a few different things. The first one we're going to go with is the story and i gotta tell you the story is probably my favorite part of days gone as i said in the intro days gone has a story that is way better than what i was expecting going into it i think maybe a lot of people like myself went into it thinking you were just gonna play this tough as nails renegade guy going around fighting hordes of zombies and what we get here is a story about loyalty friendship love you got stinking st john who wants to do the right thing, but also is afraid to get really close to anybody other than his good pal, Boozer. I mean, ultimately, I love the story. It's got twists. It's got turns. It's got a great, great cast of characters. I mean, I freaking loved 90% of the characters, except for Tucker. Tucker sucks. But I honestly feel like Tucker is supposed to suck, so that you feel a certain way about her encampment. Uh, Copeland. I mean, you got this guy who I kind of like, but you also listen to these radio-free programs he puts out there, and you're like, he's he's kind of right, but he's also kind of crazy, right? You got Iron Mike, who this guy is just absolutely a great character, but you sit there going, dude, I don't I don't think he gets it. You got Ricky, you got Boozer. I mean, I could just go down the list of it, but I mean, it's absolutely a fantastic story. Let's move into gameplay because, hey, man, you can have a great story, but if your gameplay sucks, that's going to be a problem. And honestly, I got to tell you something. For the most part, I thought the gameplay held up pretty well. Was it perfect? No. 
I enjoyed the guns. I felt the guns had a nice weight to them. I also like the fact that there's not a ton of guns in here. There's not an abundance of guns. The crossbow I thought was great. And this is a game you have to scavenge. You have to really look for stuff. I mean, yeah, you can drive by this nice little town that there's no mission or no reason for you to go into. Which you're probably going to want to go look for some gas. You're probably going to want to go look for some ammo. You're going to want to look for this stuff. Because yes, some of the stuff you can buy back at camp. But uh, maybe you don't have the money for it. Or quite frankly, maybe they just don't have it. Especially when you go into crafting things. Which is done really well in the game, I might add. With some really cool upgrades. And some really cool melee weapons that I really dug. Speaking of cash, I actually love the way it's done in the game. So each encampment asks you to collect freaker ears for them. I can only assume that it's just showing that, hey, you're ridding the world of these freakers. It's a really cool system because that money doesn't transfer to all the different encampments. It only stays in there. If you turn in 200 freaker ears for Copeland's camp, guess what? You go to Tucker, she ain't got no money for you. So it really kind of splits up how you're going to use it, and I enjoy that because one might have really good motorcycle parts, one might have better weapons, one might really have a lot of everything, but you know what? You're closer to Copeland, you're running out of gas, you need a refill, you better have some ears to, to get some money built up there. Which, don't worry about it, I will say that as well, I never ran into not having enough money for anything. So, it's a really good trade-off, a really good system, it doesn't get in the way, I enjoyed it. My one friend who's playing it, I think he's found it to be pretty interesting. And when you talk about a gameplay as well, how does the mission structures break down? Well, first off, let me say, if you just looked up a mission list of this game, you're going to be blown away by how many missions are in this game, which is really nice because it definitely supports the main story. I really enjoyed some of them. The ambushes that you just run up on, and there's these people hiding. Maybe they got a sniper rifle on a tree, or they've got a tripwire hung out across the road that if you run into on your bike... Boom, you're down. I'll be honest, when I was playing with them, I was kind of getting done being asked to go on these bounties. But when you played each and every one of them, they're not just your simple, hey, go get this guy. There's some story behind it. It doesn't take a long time. Most of them took 10 minutes to complete. But, you know, hey, man, it's a really cool thing. Then you got your rippers, who at first I was like, all right, man, it's just a cool reason to go and take out an encampment and get a new save point. But the more you play, the more you actually find out there's a cool story in here as well. So it becomes its own story in the game. I really dug that. Plus the way they tie with hordes, outstanding. But if we're going to go and break it down and talk about true gameplay, true mechanics and physics, let's first start with the bike. I'll be honest with you. At first, your bike is slow. That's kind of what pushes you to upgrade and build it up. I personally felt like the bike handled really well, no matter if you were in the beginning of the game or you'd upgrade it at the end. It got better, definitely, but I felt like they had a really great baseline for the motorcycle. And that's super important for a game you're going to spend most of your time riding around on a bike with. But I love the bike, man. I really did. I love doing the little, uh, I believe it was called, like the drifting, where you can sit there and you can take a corner. And instead of having to worry about hitting the brakes or stuff, while well, it is kind of hitting the brake mechanically, it does like a cool drift move, which visually looks cool seeing your back tire catch up parallel with you. But it helps you make those sharp corners, which you're going to need when you've got, say, a bunch of zombies, a horde, or, like, infected wolves chasing you. I mean, it's just a snug bike. It's really good. And then once you get later in the game and can upgrade things, yeah, man, you actually get to go really fast on it. And you get to have cool nitrous and all these things. Further into dealing with just specifically the bike, 
There's some really cool decals you can upgrade to and have some awesome design, especially as you progress through the story and kind of complete these story threads. You get some really cool stuff. The bike to me was, I mean, awesome. I really cannot complain with the bike. And uh, it doesn't affect it as much, but in the beginning, you're definitely going to be one to scavenge for fuel. I don't know if the trade-off is quite right with how far you can go versus how much fuel and how fast it burns through. But I, I didn't feel too much of a hindrance. I never personally ran out of gas unless I fast traveled. And then let's talk about some more gameplay stuff. Let's talk about some negatives, if you will. While I did mention that it is a game about scavenging, hunting, and looking for things, I will say by the end of the game, once I had done everything in the game except for the hordes, because there's a lot of hordes in the game, I kind of lost the desire to do it because there is no place to buy some of your crafting materials, your kerosene, your racks, things like that. So you'll have to go scavenge. And while I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing, by the time you've invested 50, 60 hours into it, it would have been nice. And I'm talking in-game. Main story's over. You're just kind of doing what you want to do with the game. It would have been nice if somebody would have sold those. Because... I mean, especially once you get to the end of the game and you're knocking out hordes, you're getting a lot of money. So it would have just been nice to, to do that. So, hey, if I want to go chase a horde down, I don't have to go spend an hour finding things. Nero checkpoints are in the game, and they're like a little side story in them, of themselves. There's always a gas can there. So if you're starting the game and you keep finding yourself running out of gas, complete your Nero checkpoints because you can always fast travel there. You can always find gas there. Very important to keep that in note as well. So let's talk about hordes. So in the game, you're actually going to take on, I think, four or five different hordes for story missions toward the end of the game. And I gotta be honest with you, the layout and where you fight and take on these hordes can make or break it. Because the first time you fight one in the main mission, I really did not like it. It was a cluster for me. I didn't enjoy it at all. And that's where gameplay comes in as well, because there is no quick turn. There is no blind fire. If you were running and could just shoot behind you, I would think it would be fine. But since there's not really those options, and if you turn around, hey, Deacon, run slower from behind, it kind of takes some of that fun out. But I will say, because of the layout of the second and the third horde that I took on, I actually really, really enjoyed it and had a lot of fun and thought, okay, maybe it's just the layout. And again, later on, I fought another horde in a story mission. And to be honest with you, I really looked forward to this one. It was in a sawmill, I'll, set, I'll tell you that. But when I played it, I did not like it at all. It was just like that first one where I thought, man. And that's where I realized it really does depend on your preferences of how you're doing it. Now, some people could probably get in there great. I personally got a little frantic playing it, but I enjoyed it. And then you also talk about uh, when I was doing some post-game stuff playing it. I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it some of the ones I went after. It was the more open areas or in caves, and I really sat there and thought, dude, this is awesome. And if it wasn't for the fact that, yes, you have to scavenge again for all those items to build the cool weapons to take them on with, I probably would have taken them all out. But going back to that, hey, if they would have just had that option at the end of the game, it would have made a world of difference for me. All right, let's talk about graphics. To be honest with you, I think the graphics are pretty good. I don't think they're going to break your console with just how amazing they are but i think they're better than what's probably getting credit for it however with the graphics i'll throw in those performance issues 
I didn't really notice a lot of pop-in or frame rate drops until I upgraded my bike to the max, and then yeah, I started noticing it. I started noticing the slowdown, the pop-ups, and all that fun stuff. So just be aware of that. And then let's talk about the world itself. The world itself is really cool. I love the look of it. I love driving through the world. I love that when it rains, it makes it harder for the bike to control. I love the historical markers. They kind of give you background to what's going on. I mean, the little towns you come across that are just filled with just fun stuff, man. I mean, it's just, it's a really cool world to inhabit. I really, really love the small town, big area feel of this game. So then we get to fun factor. Fun factor, I got to tell you something, that's very important to me. You can have the best looking game, you can have the best mechanical game, but if you're not having fun playing it, what's the point? Fun factor in this game is pretty high. There's some issues with frame rate drops at the end, but ultimately, I enjoyed what I played. I enjoyed what I played so much that when I got done with the story, a lot of what I had done, I said, well, I'm probably going to play for another 10 minutes. I ended up playing another 8 hours just exploring, having fun, doing side stuff, to the point that I got to where all I had left was take out all the hordes. So you take all that, you put it in one bag, and you come to the review score on a scale of 1 to 10. 1 being do not even look at this game's cover to 10 being I'll go and buy this game. Rating it, 8.25. Which for me means, hey, that's definitely a game. I think if anything, if you're enjoying any kind of zombie game, you like survival games, it just looks fun, you should definitely give it a shot. It's not a must-buy. Some people are probably not going to like it. Some people that are more into the technical aspect of gaming would probably notice the glitches and bugs a lot more. But I definitely think this is a game that deserves a little bit more credit than it's been given. I also think that the developers get, should get a little bit more credit than they given too because they've actually put out a lot of patches to kind of help their performance out. So ultimately, 8.25 for Days Gone. Alright guys, I told you I was going to give you two reviews, here's your second one, and this is for the remake of Resident Evil 2, and I've got to just tell you, this game sets the standards for any kind of remake. I mean, you're talking an older game, they didn't just put a fresh, fresh paint of coat on it, they didn't just spruce it up, they built it from the ground up. There's all kind of fun things about it. So let's break it down, story, graphics, gameplay, and fun factor. Let's talk about the story first. The story is, it's really hard to talk about the story, right? Because you're talking about a game from 20 years ago that we already know where they go to. So you're just looking at this one piece of it. And I got to say, man, I enjoyed it, man. I think there's a few tweaks to the story that they did. I really enjoy what they've done with it. I had a ton of fun with it. And I mean, it's as good as it needs to be, right? It's a good story. But what about the characters? Leon and Claire. Again, you're also talking 20 years ago. They were kind of cheesy back then. I think they're really well done here. I think the voice acting helps lift them up. You've got Ada Wan, who I always thought was a pretty cool character. I really enjoyed the story and characters in this game. But graphics. Let me just tell you this. I play on a regular OG PlayStation 4. I don't have a Pro. I'm not on an Xbox One X. And I can already tell you, these graphics are absolutely mind-blowing. I think recently Capcom has come out and said that their Resident Evil engine is actually built for next-gen. I believe it. I mean, these graphics are great. I, they are so good. They almost ruin your nostalgia for the old Resident Evil 2, right? Because you think about a PlayStation 1 game back then, we thought they were awesome. And in our minds, we think about Resident Evil 2 and how cool it looked. You see it in this, it's just so hard to go back to those games. I mean... This game is absolutely gorgeous. It's one of the best looking games I have seen. Like, 
ever. It is amazing. So let's move to gameplay. Let's talk about gameplay a little bit. I mean, these gameplay from the movement to the quality of life enhancements they've done. I mean, you no longer have to get ink ribbon for for tape typewriters unless you're playing on harder games. The gunplay is just phenomenal. I mean, there's so much good about this game, gameplay-wise. Even the inventory management I found to be super enjoyable, figuring out how to get where I wanted to put stuff and make things work, combining things. I, I don't have a problem with the gun gameplay in any sense, man. There's no point that I said, oh, if they'd have just done this. You know those frustrating moments you get as a gamer when you're fighting a boss, wherever you're like, ah, oh, stupid controller didn't work. Or, you know, it's always somebody else's fault, right? It's not your own for having that lack of talent. Never had that in this. I mean, this is just a really, really good game. So then let's get into the fun factor of it. Uh, yeah, a lot of fun. <laughs> A lot of fun, and I'll tell you something too. There were so many times that I know people in the other room heard me yell out because you turn, there's a zombie you didn't expect, and I yelled. I'm not gonna lie, it happened to me a couple times. And then when you hear those heavy footsteps of Mr. X walking through, that's intimidating. That is intimidating. But it is an absolute joy when he's coming and he's so close to getting you, and you get away and you run and you realize he is so far away from you now. It's just a thrill. The boss fights are so well done. There was just never a point that I ever got frustrated playing the game. I played through, to make it clear, I played through Leon A, and then I personally went straight into Claire B scenario because I think that's how the developers kind of want you to. The game even kind of pushes you that way. However, if you decide you want to play through Claire first, you can play through her scenario, and then you also get the Leon B scenario to play through next. It's really a cool way to see both sides of what they went through in the game, and then you get that true ending at the end that you wouldn't get if you just played somebody's A scenario. You kind of have to play that B scenario. So you put all that together. I know this is kind of a small review, but let's be honest, a lot of people have been talking about this game for months, right? So you put all that together. What do I give the game? How do I feel? One, the game. Don't even look at the cover. Ten, this is a masterpiece in gaming. I'll be 100% honest with everybody listening. There is no reason for me not to give this game the perfect 10. I can't think of anything. I can't think of a, a ding in graphics. I can't think of a glitch I had. I can't think of any time that I wasn't having a ton of fun playing. I can't complain about anything, which means this game is a 10. Understand when I give a game a 10 doesn't mean that it's the absolute best of the best game you ever have. It is just it is an experience in and on itself. Resident Evil 2 The Remake if you haven't played it, I strongly suggest go picking it up. Unless you have heart problems, please don't have a heart attack on my watch because I told you this game was great because there's a moment, like I said, that I got, woo, got a little scared. Definitely go check it out. All right, guys, what an episode. We talked about what the show's about, what it's going to be about. We gave you, for the first episode, not one but two graveyard reviews. We talked about Days Gone. We talked about... The number 10 in itself, the Resident Evil 2 remake. So, do you guys want to hit me up? You guys got some questions, some comments? You can find me on Twitter at the GY Gamer, or you can email me at the Graveyard Gamer at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Hope you guys come back for episode two. Until then, I'll be pulling the graveyard shift. Yeah.